I feel as though they did their homework. Mm. They sat down, they taste, they tested this stuff and said, this is actually delicious. What's going on everyone from Broad Street Studios? I'm Peter Cross. And I'm Trevor Graham. And you're watching The Royalty Report, a show that puts the brand licensing industry in the spotlight. And today we're joined by Frank Bartolotta. He's a juggernaut in the music merchandising and brand licensing world, and his influence can be felt far and wide from his creative and unique merchandising partnerships over the years. He has an impressive resume working with some of the world's top music icons, including Justin Bieber, Lady Gaga, Billie Eilish, The Rolling Stones, Elton John, Prince, just to name a few. Frank, welcome to the show. Oh man, dude, I, that was an amazing introduction. I totally appreciate it. So I know it can be a little daunting coming on to a brand new show, all these cameras pointing in your way, all the spotlights coming in from the lights. In order to make sure that any of our nerves are down and that we keep things really loose, I thought we'd do a shot of tequila just to get things started. Oh, that's sweet. And I thought in order to bring both of our worlds together, our world is food, yours is music, that today we would try Santo Tequila, which is Sammy Hagar and Guy Fieri's tequila. How do you like your tequila? Do you usually just, just keep it right? light? That's way too much for me. <laughs> It's good. It's yeah. really good. It's pretty smooth, actually. Yeah, it really is nice. I don't feel like I have to vomit. So, Frank, while you're processing the tequila, I know you get to work with a lot of like really iconic people, and one of those is including the Rolling Stones. And they've been really prolific with putting out really cool merchandise and also a lot of really cool pop-ups and experiences. So I thought maybe you could shed some light on the craziest experience you've ever had working with their management teams and whether or not you got to actually meet Mick Jagger himself. I think I've only met him once at an event. It was a long, long time ago, but as far as like IP, Rolling Stones has been probably one of the most enjoyable for me because mm -hmm. of the ability that you said it, right? It's like they're the most iconic rock and roll band in the world, right? You don't need to do anything really, mm -hmm. right? You just can go into itself. a room and just be like Rolling Stones and it's like, all right, where do I sign? However, the interesting part is how do you make it new? How do you make it fresh? Mm -hmm. How do you keep it connected to what's happening today? And that's really where I get a kick. That's pretty rad. And you're bringing this new music to youth and introducing them and exposing them to all this yeah. kind of new music. To them, it's new. For us, it's like, yeah, we've been listening to this shit for like 20, 30 years That's or whatever. Right. Yeah. And it's still now, because of that, going to be listened to for the next 30, 40, 50 years. Brands get hyped up on that. Like, wow, I get the opportunity to work with one of the most recognized logos in the world. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's all about, and this is just a, almost like a, a blanket sort of statement. It's just that I don't want to do the deals that are, hey, let's go take the assets and throw it on a mug and sell it to mass retail. Mm -hmm. I do not care about that stuff. Mm -hmm. I want to do this stuff that creates this crazy movement, crazy energies. So do you ever get to meet any to... of these people though? I think every was, now and like, then yeah. I do have the occasion. But it's not about, you know, you're really talking to management. Uh -huh. You know, that's really where your focus is, is like through management. But yes, you do have the yeah. ability on in certain situations. Did you get to meet that. Sir Elton John or Prince or any of those? That, no, no. That would be I fucking did, cool. I did get to, you know, listen to You ain't gonna to meet Prince anymore though. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Prince like right after his passing. Oh man. He rested in peace, but it was like, got to go to that museum in Minneapolis and 
you felt it when you walked in that place, it was goosebumps. Yeah. It was complete goosebumps to just know that he walked the halls. Right. And like, here's all his memorabilia. And seeing the shit that he wore and stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah see, the, man. see the motorcycle from Purple Rain. <laughs> shit like that was just wild to me. And then working with that whole team and that whole family was really dope. Hell so yeah. speaking of Prince, you recently posted about how like the most meaningful projects you've been working on sort of bring in the experiences that stir up emotion. So what is it about the print shop in the St. Paul airport in Minneapolis uh, that makes it so special to you, especially you know, as a fan? It, it's authentic, man. That's basically what it boils down to. Like when you create these partnerships, authenticity is everything, hmm. right? So if you can't tap into that authenticity, the fan knows that it's fake and it's mm -hmm. a money grab. So I literally was sitting in the Minneapolis airport. I think it was delayed or some shit like that. And I just got back from, you know, coming out of the museum and talking to the Prince team about what they wanted to do. And I was like, wow, how wild could it be if we created not retail? Because retail is dead, mm -hmm. right? Retail for me is like, it's not driving any heat to the stores. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, how do you drive heat to a location? And you drive heat to a location by creating these moments of like museum, exhibition, you know, all these different experiences. And, and that's where it kind of triggered a light bulb for me. And I was like, all right, well, how do I do it? Right? So you have to call Minneapolis airport. You've got to go through like TSA and all these other government requirements. So it was kind of a nightmare to kind of get it all done. And we worked tape, with it, huh? Yeah, we worked with an agency that really kind of knew the ins and outs of how to get through the red tape in the back in the back room stuff but inevitably it became i think it's probably the most highest volume driving location in that airport so frank i know you grew up in the 80s so you're probably very you know very aware of the band t-shirts that became popular then yeah. they're still popular today but you're starting to see more collabs that go into certain other areas like the wu-tang clan nike mm -hmm. shoe collab and also the the beatles happy socks on the flip side of that i'm sure you've been brought a lot of really boring and unimaginative items is there something specific whether it be a product or a project that you can guarantee that would really excite an artist if you brought it to them? Listen, I think what, what excites the artist is when you're bringing them ideas that creates new lanes for them. They know you can do t-shirts. They mm -hmm. know you can make hoodies. That expectation is already a checked box for them. I think what excites an artist and or management is when you bring them opportunities that are in categories where they scratch their head and say, oh shit, this could create a whole new line of revenue. And oh, by the way, it's going to create more brand growth for us. And oh, by the way, we're gonna have more exposure if we do this. Mm -hmm. I've been on so many calls where they're like, it's a holy shit moment where they're like, dude, I didn't even know you did this. Yeah. Right? And that's when I'm like, oh no, no, we do. It's very boutique in the way we think about uh -huh. it. And it's almost like an agency thought process where we can, we will, and you'll love it. So I know you've worked with a lot of high profile players and we'll call them. I know you said that not many times you actually get to meet, you know, the Justin Bieber's, the Lady Gaga's. What point do you feel like they are actually involved in the process? And what part do you feel like their management teams are doing things with really without their knowledge? Yeah, great question, man. And I say this to everybody. Involvement is key. Most of them understand that it is vital to, for them to have some sort of, 
you know, mm -hmm. vomit from the artist. It's tough when you've got a deceased artist, right? It's really hard. But in that case, you can have the estate support it. You can do fan club email, email blasts, something like that, that uh -huh. really creates the hype. And then, you know, the other thing, and I don't know if it's leading to it, it's like, it's press. For me, it's all about press. It's like, man, I want to be in Hypebeast. I want to be in Complex. I want to get these write-ups. So again, tapping back into that culture that they understand a few things. One, that it's happening. Two, that we did it. And three, that the artist is involved in that. It's authentic. Yeah. It's a real deal. So I know you're really synonymous with the music merchandising industry as a whole. And from the outside looking in, I'm sure there's like a lot of blood, sweat and tears that go into the programs and the projects that you work oh, on. Yeah. But I'd love to know which one of those projects you had the most fun working on. Man, good question. There's been a few. You know, definitely, you know, the Bieber, the Bieber Purpose Tour was all hands on deck. Everybody rolled up their sleeves in order to, I don't even want to say rebrand him because, you know, it's, it's, it's Bieber. Working with him and just being like, this is how this is going to drop. Hmm. It's going to go to Barney's. It's going to go to Alchemist. It's going to go to the best street culture shops in the world first. And people are going to wait in line and they did to get this product. That probably for me was one of the most exciting projects because it was the start of the evolution of what street culture merchandise meant. Yeah, so you're very prolific in the music merchandise industry. So what are some of the under the radar type projects that have come to you that really hit you on a more emotional level or something that might hit closer to your heart? The one that you know I did work on that had, let's call it strings to my heart was Tupac Burton. Tupac mm -hmm. Burton, it's like, you, if you know this story, it's like Burton Sr., Tupac was his favorite artist. Nobody knew that, mm -hmm. right? It was his favorite artist. When he passed away, they read his poems at his funeral and they played his music at his funeral. Mm -hmm. Wow. Nobody knew that. That's right? wild. So when you approach the estate and you say, hey man, this guy was probably one of the biggest fans. We're going to create this really cool exclusive product. Yeah. Product was an innocent bystander. Huh. That didn't matter. You knew there was going to be product, uh -huh. but it was more about, tell me more about the story, the connection and what, you know, Burton's son now who leads that sort of entourage, what it meant. That for me was like the ticker. It was just like, I got to do stuff that's meaningful. Like I got to do stuff that really has impact and effect on community and fans. So such like a, probably a fan of the music world, if you could rep three people alive or dead right now for music merch, who would be your top three? <laughs> such a good question. Jay-Z would be one from a brand perspective, what he's been able to do. I'm, I'm just floored, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's almost like, he doesn't even need to make music anymore. His brand's so recognized. Um, who else? Shit, I really, like you put me on the spot. <laughs> really good question. Cause I feel like I work with most of them. I've worked with most of the people who I would say I'm privileged to have done shit with, uh -huh. you know, there's- So really whether you've worked on, the, on them or not, what is your top three? Oh, well, I mean, that's easy. Stones, Marley, Tupac. It's been an incredible ride. If you had to think about um, let's call it evergreen artists that that certainly has been inspirational for me. But, you know, Public Enemy, Run DMC also oh, fit into yeah. that boat. But if it's like you're talking about relevant artists that are current, it's like Billy's been a dream. 
you know, working with that whole team and what they've been able to do with such a young, talented star. Yeah, she's rad as fuck. And just being smart about it too. It's like, man, it's not just a t-shirt. It's not just a hoodie. What happens if this girl's career, you know, she has an album that breaks? Well, man, she has a fragrance company now, right? It's like, look what Ariana Grande did with her fragrance empire. I think that that is the answer. You did talk a little bit about Billie Eilish and her perfume, Ariana Grande and her perfume and the fragrances. I want to find out what you think is more important when you're coming up with something that artists aren't really known for. They're not known for their perfumes until they release it. So what's more important in your eyes, the getting the packaging or the actual scent correct? Well, that's interesting, right? So I think the scent comes before anything, mm -hmm. right? And the beauty space for me is, is let's just call it, new but it's a really tight small community of people who are really in it and doing it the first thing you need to establish is scent right because every artist has a smell mm -hmm. that they want to achieve right and they're in the laboratory and they're smelling it and they put it you know so for me that's the most important thing is just making sure that it has your stamp of approval mm -hmm. that it's something you're passionate about what does that say about lady gaga then and her scent <laughs> that one's called blood and cum yeah, for those I, that don't I, know. Everybody wants to get into that space and it's a tough space. You know, it's a super uh -huh. challenging space. And, I, and as an artist, you know, most artists, I think the way they do it is they test it by doing all these endorsement sponsorships to see whether or not they're relevant in that category. And then if they see that, wow, I just did something with Estee Lauder and it blew out. Mm -hmm. Well, then the next phase is let's just go do this on our own. So Frank, I know you're you're a big fan of like old school hip hop. So I thought maybe this would be a good time for me to throw out like a, a lyric uh, that you probably know really well. So in Notorious B.I.G.'s song, Mo Money, Mo Problems, the opening line is, now who's hot, who's not, tell me who rock, who sell out in the stores. So with that lyric in mind, I thought you maybe you could give us some, some insight on who's selling out right now, who's rocking the game, and who do you feel is the up and comer that everybody should be looking wow. out for? Wow. Um, Kid Cudi, everything that dude touches, any collab that we do, sells out. I think The weekend crushes it. The weekend's um, sick. <laughs> I think Billy done in the right way crushes it. Taylor is crushing it. Anything that she does is crushing it. But you know what's cool is like every artist that I just mentioned, and this is really, really important, they aren't saturated. So I know I also know that you're a big sports guy and a music guy at the same time. And you work, as I said, with a lot of different music artists from popular artists now to legends that are either dead or alive. When you're taking your kids to a hockey tournament, are there certain songs or music that you make sure that are on your playlist when you're in the car? No doubt, right? It's a to totally emotional question for me. You know, Lauren Daigle for me has been really cool and she's been trying to kind of work her way into pop. Uh, Hillsong was always, you know, strong and fundamental, but it's just like, you know, with everything that went on with them, they kind of fell off the radar a little bit, but Listen, I'm a I'm a chameleon, right? Mm -hmm. it's like, I like every genre. You have to every genre of music. Nothing sets me off saying I hate that music. I don't ever want to hear it again because it's talent. I definitely feel you on that, though, man. Like 
I play like heavy metal and like grindcore and stuff. No way. You. Yeah. Nothing drives me up a wall more when you're talking to like some fucking metal nerd and they're like, I don't listen to the other kind of music, just death metal. It's like, so where are you drawing inspiration from? Like, you're just drawing inspiration from the same pot of music. And like, you got to branch out. Like, I listen to metal, I listen to ELO. I started, grew up playing classical piano and then I played trumpet, trombone, clarinet, flute, like anything I can get my freaking hands on. I was playing anything I can listen to. I'm going to sit there and listen to it as much as I can. Obviously, there are some genres and some artists and stuff that I've grown where I'm like, no, this is just hot garbage and I'm not going to listen to that. Yeah, exactly. But it's like, I just cannot stand it when people get so focused on one kind of genre of music and then that just becomes them. All right. So I thought we could also bring in something. No, it's not Cheetos. So I thought because we have music and food here, there's nothing better than to just bring in some pizza. This is Little Yachty's Pizza. Thank you very much much that he just came out with. This is the hot honey version. So I thought you could put on, thank you very much. I thought you could put on, (laughs) I thought you could put on your hat of being, you know, working with management, test this pizza with us like we do when we test our food and give us some notes on maybe what a management team might say and whether or not you would approve if they ate this as is. So we're going to say. So I got to be really sensitive here because the UMG team did this deal. Yeah. (laughs) Back in the day when um, we worked with Yachty and he, I think since the age of nine, he's had pizza every day of Get his out. life. Get out. How does he say so skinny? I don't know, but that's what I heard. <laughs> and so when we had to go to market with him, he wanted to ensure that there was some sort of form of a pizzeria mm-hmm. or pizza when we splashed his new line, his new collection, mm-hmm. right? So this is the whole thing. It's like, there's a storyline, right? It's meaningful yeah. to him. Okay, check. What are we gonna do? We took over a pizzeria in Soho okay. for three days, and it was called Yachty's Pizzeria. <sighs> and so when you went in there to buy pizza, right? You could buy pizza, all different flavors, whatever. You would get your merch in a pizza box, right? Exclusive merch. In That's a pizza hilarious. Box. So it's like the whole thing is so meaningful and powerful to him. But this That's looks right. good, man. And Where's Yachty from? Is he from New York or? I don't know. Huh. I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm going to eat this. Yeah, you guys. Yeah, so dig in. So this is so seven this cheese is, pizza. It's honey. It's hot ah, honey. honey. And so the funny thing spicy. is we were talking about, you know, little Yachty and pizza. What is funny about it being hot honey is I know he's not really good with spicy food. So I thought that was such a crazy thing. Well, hot honey is not too spicy. It's not spicy. General, yeah. It's tasty. Mm-hmm. Right? I like the sauce. It's sweet. Out of all the licensed food I've had, this is definitely. No, I hadn't heard about this. One of my friends came over yesterday and he was like, no, nah, have you tried Lil Yandy's pizza yet? I'm like, he's got pizza? Does somebody have exclusivity on this? I believe so. I don't know the in and outs of what's going on. He's like in, in Walmart, Walmart yeah. is where it's at right now, but I know it's going to be another retailer. So I'm sure it started out, a lot of food starts out in Walmart or Sam's Club and then moves out from there. He claims to be king of the youth. All right, so you've had a couple bites. You're pretending you're the management team. What would be your initial reaction? I feel as though they did their homework. Mm. They sat down, they they tested this stuff and said, this is actually delicious. No joke, man, it's frozen pizza, right? 
Right. Frozen pizza is a massive category. It's hard to get into. It's a it's a difficult space. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do it right, no one's gonna buy it. Right. <laughs> I feel like this thing is a home run, no joke. Especially the only thing I would say is like I don't know how it was cooked. We did it through an oven. Okay. So, so we followed the instructions. We followed it. Yeah. It's about <laughs> twenty to twenty-three minutes, it says on the box. It we went through it. Yeah, I feel like I would char this thing because I like everything burnt. I'm right there with crispy, you. Crispy. Yeah. Right. But from a taste perspective, dude, mm-hmm. I feed this to my family. I'm going to have to call some of my people at UMG and see if that can get like a lifetime supply. <laughs> it's really good. It's really good. It's good, man. So it's you've good. lived in New York. Now you live in Connecticut. I wonder if you could end the debate on whether it's New York pizza or a pizza from oh, Connecticut wow. that's better. Great, dude. Wow. Um, I'm gonna have to go with. All eyes on you right now. Connecticut pizza. Wow. Sally's. The fuck out of Really? Sally's crushes it for me. Hmm. And then where is your thoughts on Chicago pizza? Hate it. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Dish is useless. It's garbage. So speaking of music and pizza too, I know we're talking about Little Yachty pizza, but I also wanted to dig into your history a little bit. And if you could give us some thoughts on the inspiration that might've gone behind New York's pop-up shop that had the New York Knicks and run DMC called the pizza shop. It was like, we gotta do something with the Knicks. So we connected with the Griggs brothers. And I don't know if you know who those guys are, but they're two incredibly young, talented designers that are so tapped into culture. Mm -hmm. And we commissioned them to tell the story through the design element of it. And so the Knicks, you know, MSG gave us consent and said, yeah, man, this is an amazing story. Go out and tell it the way you guys want to tell it. So we got all of their rights, how to use the logo, what colors to use, what colors not to use, how to use it, how to incorporate it with the DMC bar. And we put this incredible let's call it collection together, right? Mm-hmm. You can't get anymore, right? It's just right. like, if you, if you had it, you had it and great. Mm-hmm. But then we said, <laughs> let's take it a step further. And that's when we worked with, you know, UMG Brands, which is a force to be reckoned with in the mm-hmm. industry that does a lot of these 360 sort of programs. Um, they said, what about a pizzeria? We're gonna collab with the Knicks, tell this incredible merchandise story, and what the Knicks mean to New York, and what DMC means to New York, and what D- what the Knicks mean to DMC, vice versa. Tell that whole story, and then open up a pizzeria for two weeks and take over downtown Manhattan. And every night there was an event, right? So it was like trivia night for DMC, you know. And so there was like a bunch of different, you know, there were different slices named after, you know, DMC songs. There were. There were different slices named after, you know, all the different New York Knickerbocker players and stuff like that. And then the event that launched it, oh my gosh, dude, what a night, man. Wu-Tang showed up, like it was crazy, you know. Stark showed up, like all the old Knicks players showed up. And it was just like, when you see that stuff kind of get to the finish line, You just sit there and you're just like, man, this is why we do it. So Frank, you made it through. You started off with the tequila. You ended with the little Yachty pizza. You got through all of our questions. So at this point, there's nothing left to do, but take a look into the camera that's facing you. 30 seconds, tell the people what you've got going on in your life. I got food in my mouth, I gotta chew this. So you gotta- (laughs) That's 10 of your seconds. I thought about this question on the drive down here because I knew it was kind of a, an important one to validate where I'm going. It's like, I'm in the process of 
really digging down deep into myself to determine if I could do this on my own, you know, really kind of going out there and, you know, we got good grace right now. It's like, I've, I've opened my own LLC. I have a really healthy amount of artists that have already signed up to be with me. Um, which just kind of just shows me that whatever I've done in these last 10 years has been realized. Uh -huh. And I think if there's one thing that's really important in your life is the reputation that you have in your industry. And it's like, from what I've heard, knock on wood and thank God, it's like, I have a pretty good rep and people want to work with me and people trust me. And I think the ability of continuing to bring that creative element to this business is essential. Mm. And not a lot of people can do that. Not a lot of people understand what an artist wants and what a brand wants. And most importantly, what community wants. Mm -hmm. It's like if you, and I said this, I think multiple times, it's like if you're not tapped into culture and doing things that are geo-targeted with community outreach and starting in a grassroots kind of way, you're missing it. Because I think the world is in need of things that are good and things that are powerful and meaningful. And it's like, man, that's all I wanna do. So first and foremost, man, thank you for having me. I think this has been such an incredible, powerful stage for me and talking to you guys that talk to so many different people um, is really humbling, right? So hopefully I was able to provide you with some sort of insight of what I've done yeah, and what great. I do. And it's like, I just want to keep doing it and, and, and bringing to life some of these, you know, really incredible sort of, let's call it stories, you know, mm. for lack of a better word. Stories is really what it's all about, telling that story. Well, That's Frank, awesome. you're what an amazing person. You've been it. an amazing guest. Thank you so much for coming. Thanks so much, man. Yeah. You guys. Broad Street Studio.